to SOS, aka Success Over Struggles, where you'll discover ways to push through challenges, plus insights from amazing professionals in different career paths and their struggles face. All right. Hey, everybody. Uh, thank you again for joining in to another episode of Success Over Struggles. And today, guys, uh, we have a really phenomenal special guest with us. Tony Lloyd is in the house. And Tony is a former Fortune 500 executive. He is now uh, actually really big on social entrepreneurship, helping entrepreneurs. In addition, Tony is a best-selling author of a really phenomenal book called Crazy Good Advice, 10 Lessons Learned from 150 Leading Social Entrepreneurs. So. Tony, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Chase, thanks so much for having me. I, I really appreciate you having me here. Yeah, no, seriously. And, you know, when we connected, uh, really, I, I enjoy what you plugged out there uh, in, in a sense of what, you, what you've gone through and just so many experiences, you know, and we definitely want to hear about that. I think when it comes to that Fortune 500, those companies, because you were with John Deere, right? Yes. Uh, Medtronics and Buffalo Wild Wings. Uh, tell us about that. Tell us how that's been. And, you know, I did. I I was really lucky. I often describe myself as like the Forrest Gump of business. Like, you know, I sort of show up somewhere and something really weird and lucky happens and then boom, something good happens to me, you know. <laughs> so, um, so, you know, people were nice to me and they uh, they were kind to me and they helped me along the way. Uh, so I had a very technical career early on. And then uh, that transitioned into more of a learning and development career. And all that was sort of uh, consulting work. But I was in consulting with John Deere and John Deere, global manufacturer of agricultural equipment, construction equipment, consumer commercial equipment, uh, engines, OEMs. I mean, just, you know, multi-billion dollar global company. And I was in consulting with them and they recruited me in. And, um, and and so it was just this, just you know, crazy opportunity. And this was about the time of the dot com bubble. So when people, oh, when wow. the internet was first, you know, the Earth was still cooling, and we were still riding on the back of some dinosaurs. And you know, there was this new thing called the World Wide Web that we didn't know what it was yet. Yeah. Uh, and so I helped John Deere to transition a bunch of their training into a web based offering. And then to put together a learning management system that ma managed everything. And we called the whole project John Deere University. And so global team, you know, we were training around the world in like, you know, 100 and oh, no, let me take that back. We were training around the world in 60 countries, something like 120,000 wow. people a year. Uh, it, it was it was madness. And uh, it was like doing a startup inside of a corporation. So that was uh, that was fun. It was wild. Uh, I was recruited out of there by uh, S.E. Johnson, spun off a company called Diversity. People often hear that and say diversity. That's not what it is. It's diversity. Uh, cleaning, sanitation. Uh, they work with hospitals and healthcare, and, and they work with um, uh, hospitality. They work with restaurants, et cetera, for cleaning, sanitation. Very important work today, right? 
we sold that company to another company called Sealed Air, and so that freed me up. I had an opportunity to come to Minnesota, where I live now. Uh, I worked with Medtronic, a uh, you know large uh, medical device uh, global organization, and then I was recruited out of there with uh, Buffalo Wild Wings, and uh, that's where I ended my career. Um, I, I was I was lucky in the fact that uh, my wife and I are frugal. Right, you know, we save our money. We don't spend a lot. So over the years, as you get those uh, bonuses, instead of going out and spending it like mad money, we would just tuck those away. So by the time I was fifty-five, I had the opportunity to make a choice to continue in my corporate career or to leave and go start something on my own. So my wife and I had a good conversation about it, made the decision, and now you know I have this company. the The name of the company is Culture Shift Companies, but we do a whole bunch of things. I, you know, author, speaker, coach, podcaster, uh, but the coaching business uh, is is probably the main thing that I do, uh, and so that that's how all that happened, right? So I'll pause there and take a breath and let you ask any questions that you might have. <laughs> no, thank you, I appreciate it, and uh, quite quite the story. What what's so interesting? And I, man, I have numerous questions to be honest, but okay. we'll start with <laughs> we'll start with the uh, the one jumping from. John Deere, Medtronics, Buffalo Wild Wings, all of these are so different. How was that? What did you take away from all three of these different companies that are massive? Um, Well, you know, it's um, so there's light and shadow to everything, right? So um, on the light side, I mean, these companies did some really cool stuff. You know, John Deere is feeding the world. You've got Medtronic, you know, their whole business model is medical devices. So their whole business model is around saving lives. I mean, you you can't get much more of a of a mission than that. Yeah. Um, you know, Buffalo Wild Wings. I mean, it's like beer, wings, and fun. Where's the where's the social mission in that? But inside the company, we were doing some really meaningful work, and it's a very collegial sort of loose. You know, you could wear your jeans to work kind of place. And so, you know, I really I, I took something different from everyone. Now, at the same time, corporations have this. Um, fiduciary responsibility to shareholders. And so for me, part of my personal struggle was the fact that sometimes companies and I, you know, I'm, I'm climbing up through the corporate ladder. I'm, you know, I'm manager, director, vice president. And uh, as I'm going, the higher you go, the more you see how the sausage is made. Right. Mm. And sometimes you just don't want to see how the sausage is made. You know? <laughs> And, uh, and what I was seeing, you know, and, and, and this isn't making them bad companies or evil. It's that because of shareholder pressures, uh, companies have to make a choice sometimes between the good of the shareholder, the people who own the stock in the company, and all the other stakeholders. So mm. our community, the environment, uh, employees, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And some companies are very good at that. And some companies, they kind of stink the place up when it comes to those kinds of choices. So, you know, you see that. And at some point, I just kind of figured out that my corporate career wasn't aligned to my values. And I think that is, you know, the key word and tricky phrase is we have to figure out what is what is it that we stand for here on Earth uh, and then, you know, decide to stand for that. You know, one of the things that I saw a study not too long ago, and I realized this answer is going long, so I'll, I'll try to land here in a second. Yeah, no problem. Um, but one of the things I saw recently was on average uh, in the United States, so on average during a work week, people spend 36% of their time either asleep or 
personal grooming. So you're, you know, you're either asleep or you're getting up and you're brushing your teeth or you're getting ready to go somewhere, right? 36%, right? 36%. And 37% of a work week uh, you spend at work, which means that two thirds of your time during a week is either asleep or at work. And so the way you spend your time is the way you spend your life. And I think we all want to have a meaningful life, right? So if you're going to have a meaningful life, you have to figure out how to spend your time in a way that has heart and meaning for you. So I had to make some choices and trade-offs there myself. You know, companies are making choices and trade-offs. I had to make one too. You know, I, I love, love, love the bonuses, right? You know, and uh, and they'll they'll get you in there with one of those golden uh, handcuffs where they'll say, well, if you leave now, you know, you've got two more years of bonuses that are sort of dangling out there, and if you leave, you don't get those. And those bonuses are really where most of the money is at the top of an organization. So yeah. you know, you have to make hard choices sometimes, but um, but we made that choice, and and I went off and did something else. Yeah, fantastic. And like you said earlier, once you hit that that age uh, around fifty five, right? Yeah, and yep. had this lump sum. And and props to you guys. You know, it takes a lot of grit and heart to be frugal, but very helpful and effective in the long yeah. run. I, I look at some uh, some of my friends, or uh, you know, even uh, fellow coworkers or in family. Some people aren't as frugal uh but then you you they learn quickly over time they're like oh no i probably should have saved should have kept some diverse you know diversification what have you so hitting on the shareholders though because you mentioned how that was an eye-opener climbing up the ladder to those executive positions and then seeing the sausage you know seeing how it works uh was this the pivotal point for you in or what what emotions were you going through and and Right. All of a sudden, finding your your passion, you know, coaching and, and doing something different with your time. Right. You know, uh, Chase, you you mentioned this anxiety and depression, and I think while I was working, I probably would not have had the word anxiety to put on it. Right. So I didn't yeah. I didn't really identify with that word. I didn't get it. Uh, but it, I really was anxious a lot. And you know, my wife used to say to me, "Oh, it must be Sunday afternoon. You are cranky." Right, <laughs> because, because I would just start feeling like, oh my God, I had this meeting and do I have everything prepared and I have travel next week and am I going to be able to fit anything in? And, you know, and so, um, you know, the, after a while, you just, the, everything sort of weighs in on you here. And so, yeah, I was experiencing that and I, I was feeling a lot of anxiety. I was feeling some depression. In fact, I had, you know, over the years, I'd been going to the doctor and I'd been saying, you know, hey, I feel depressed. I, I feel disengaged and all this. Um, and here's the, here's the inter- interesting thing to me. I kept trying to fix my social environmental system with a pill, mm. right? I kept trying mm. to say, I must be broken. My brain must be broken. And there's lots of people, you know, if you read anything in pop culture or even in a lot of psych psychology, you know, publications, it's going to say, if you're experiencing depression, it's because your brain is broken. And, and I, and we could talk about how I kind of landed on the idea that that's not true. Uh, But for me, eventually I figured out that that's not true. It was, it was, you know, um, I think 
you know, work is crazy. And sometimes we try to excuse it as saying this is, air quotes here, normal. Uh, but it's not normal to expect people to be plugged in 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's not normal to be always anxious and worried about your job performance. It's not normal to feel like, you know, the company has plugged you in as if you are a battery and it's going to drain you. And if you get down to zero on that draining, they're just going to unplug you, throw you out, put somebody else in your place. So that's not normal. And and I think for me, um, anxiety and depression was a sign. It was a symptom. It wasn't really the root cause. Mm. I'm glad, glad you hit on that. It was a sign, a symptom, but not necessarily the root cause. So going from that now, because now you, we talked about the two-third rule here uh, with time between yeah. sleep and work, right? Yeah. And realizing, man, we we all should be looking and taking a step back and seeing what it is we want to do, right? right? So what made you, you know, or not necessarily what made you, but how come you're doing what you enjoy now? Right. Um, well, I, you know, again, I've always wanted to have purpose and meaning in my life. I, I don't know anybody who, you know, like uh, uh, monster.com is like a job search website. Yeah. I don't even know if they're around anymore, but but uh, many years ago, they made this commercial and they had video of these little kids and these little kids would say, when I grow up, I want to be a middle manager. I want to be a yes man, right? You know, <laughs> and it's like, yeah. you know, nobody as a kid ever said, you know, I, uh, I talked to a friend of mine not too long ago and she said, you know, right now I'm in a meeting and I'm taking several to do's, but I can't go do them because I have another meeting to go to. Yeah. And so, you know, the work is crazy, this crazy thing that we do. So I always wanted to do something with more heart, more meaning, more in alignment with my purpose and values and and from a position of privilege, right? I, I want to acknowledge, you know, I, I'm not telling anyone if you're struggling to pay the bills, I'm not telling you to just go quit your job and follow your heart. I think sometimes we shame people by saying just go follow your heart. Uh, but but I had the opportunity. You know, I think the best financial advice I would ever give anybody is get in a time machine, go back 20 years and start putting money into a bank account <laughs> and leave it alone. Right. Start making investments, you know, et cetera, and leave it alone. So because we made that decision many years ago, we had that choice. Now, I will tell you, though, leaving my corporate career was not the uh, silver bullet either. Because now you kind of, or I did, I fell into this hustle and grind mentality, right? So if you if you search the internet for entrepreneur or entrepreneurship, somewhere near that word, you're going to find hustle and grind, right? That's the philosophy yeah. is, oh, I, two o'clock in the morning and I was cranking out code and, you know, and all this. That'll kill you too, right? <laughs> you know, that's not really the answer either. Um, I, I'll tell you, Chase, it got so bad that at the end of 2018, right right before his 2019, like in late December 2018, I told a friend of mine that I was so depressed that I actually had no idea why I was around. I, I just couldn't figure out why I was alive. I just didn't get the purpose of it all because it kind of, at that point, it kind of felt like I was getting up in the morning. I was consuming yeah. a bunch of calories so I could go do some stuff and pause and consume some more calories and go do some more stuff and consume some calories and watch a little television and go to bed. 
right? And, mm-hmm. and even though I was doing this purposeful work, I think the lie of it is that if what you're doing, if it has a mission, that it will sustain you and that you, your personal self-care doesn't matter. And mm-hmm. I had fallen into that trap. So at the end of 2018, uh, I was really depressed. I was feeling anxious. Uh, and, and that was kind of the breakdown before a breakthrough time that I had in 2019. So I'll pause there and let you ask any questions you have. No, thank you, Tony. I uh, appreciate that. And uh, man, I, I feel, you know, I've, I've been going through that in a sense, but the, a lot of us out there, I'm uh, glad you brought this to our attention, um, especially the part with hustle and grind, because a lot of social media, Instagram, of course, is notorious for just posting the crap out of hustle and grind, hustle and grind. Right. Yeah. And you see people always constantly posting, hey, like you said, 2 a.m., look yeah. at me in my rock star, and I'm about to create some cool SEO keywords for this site. Man, I've been there and it sucks. <laughs> I'm sorry I'm laughing, Chase. I'm sorry I'm laughing, but honestly, I you know, I was so there. It's like, you know, um going out on my own, I knew how to be a corporate executive. I knew something about the startup world. I had I had run an entrepreneurial, so a startup inside of a company. So I knew something yeah. about that. Um, and I knew that I had to outrun the money that I put into my company because uh, my wife and I made a decision. We're going to put some cash into this company. We're going to start burning through it. And when we get to zero, we're done. We're not going to do that anymore. And so we started burning through this money and I was doing everything that everybody else said. You know, they said, Oh, you should be doing webinars. So I did webinars. Oh, you need SEO keywords. So I did SEO keywords. You know, you need to start a podcast. I started a podcast, you know, and, and there is no end, you know, today it's, uh, it's, uh, Facebook live. It's, uh, you know, it's, uh, TikTok. it's whatever that thing is today. And tomorrow there'll be some new, this is the one solution to everybody. You should do this one thing. And if you chase all those things, eventually you're just going to wear yourself out. And what I really came to chase is you cannot pour from an empty vessel, right? You, you, you have to practice self-care. Um, you know, in 2019, I, I started the year by telling my friend, I have no idea why I'm here. I just don't get this. Like, yeah. I, I, I'm playing the game. I'm playing it as hard as I can. But I just don't, I don't get what is I'm supposed to be doing here. That, so Sorry to cut. Sorry, Tony. No, you, you go ahead. Here, Jump in there. It just dawned on me how wild that is. Like, 2018, yeah. 2018, right? Two yeah. years ago, you were like, yeah. hey, why am I here? That's not that long ago. And, and uh, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. I think a lot of people in 2020 are going, seriously, 2020? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. You're thinking you know, that now, you know, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But continue, continue on with that. Yeah. So, so here's where I landed in 2019. I kind of went through this year of personal bests. What I did was at the, at the end of 2018, um, I said, I don't understand what's happening. I don't understand why I'm here. I just don't get the purpose of my life. I'm depressed. I'm anxious. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, this friend of mine, I said that to, he gave me a book. It's called Lost Connections, Why You Are Depressed and How to Find Hope. Mm. 
It's by a guy named Johan Hari. I love, love, love this book. I recommend it to everybody. Um, and here's what he came down to. He traveled the world. He flew more than 40,000 miles, visited with dozens and dozens of experts on anxiety and depression. And in the end, he listed nine causes of anxiety and depression, but only two of them have anything to do with your genetic disposition or your brain chemistry. Mm. And the wow. rest are really kind of social environmental factors. So his, his conclusion from all the study, from years of study and traveling the world and talking to these experts was that really, he, you know, he called the book Lost Connections because it's like we are disconnected. And when you are disconnected, you become anxious. If you think about, you know, the days when we were traveling around as tribes, the one who wandered off got eaten by the saber-toothed tiger. And so we were built to be social. We were built to connect. And so he found um, that people are disconnected from meaningful work or disconnected from other people or meaningful values. You can even be disconnected from your own story, from your own childhood trauma, like you've buried that somewhere, you're disconnected from it, or disconnected from status and respect. Or one that was really important for me is disconnected from the natural world. Mm. And so by being disconnected from all these things, we begin to feel this anxiety and depression. And when I read that book, here's what it did for me, Chase. It made me realize that I have agency. I have control in my life. If yeah. these factors were causing me to feel anxious and depressed, I could do something about that. So that's why in 2019, I did this personal experiment. It's called My Year of Personal Best. Uh, and I, um, you know, I, I put together a self-assessment where I looked at my physical, emotional, intellectual, spiritual, social, marital, parental, vocational, financial, and avocational well-being. And, I, and in each of those areas, I started saying, on a scale of 1 to 10, where am I? And then where do I want to be? And what's it going to do? What's it going to take for me to close that gap? And so I created this self-assessment. I use it today. It has a little slider bar. You can slide the bar to the left or the right, say, you know, knocking it out of the park over the right or stinking it up over on the left or whatever, somewhere in between. Uh, and, and I saw where I was and I wasn't happy with where I was. And, and what it helped me to do by looking at this holistically, you know, only one of those is vocational. Only one of those is your work. Um, so, and only one of them is avocation. Let's just say that, you know, you, you say, well, I'm working like crazy, but I have this hobby, so I'm okay. Well, that's only two. You know, yeah. What about your physical health, your mental health, your intellectual, spiritual, et cetera, et cetera. So I put together this self-assessment. I did the self-assessment. And then I began to put a, put a plan together to say, in each of these 10 areas, what am I going to do to live my best year in any one of those 10 areas. Mm. And uh, I also, just one more thing, I went to the doctor and I said, okay, measure everything you can measure. It, you know, cholesterol, BMI, whatever. Uh, you <laughs> the know, whole I enchilada, at, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, whatever you can measure, let's just put it down. Uh, you know, I got the Garmin watch so I could measure my sleep cycle, my respiration, my fitness. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, went through my finances, looked at that, looked at everything that could be measured. I did measure, but then there are those things that you can't measure, like how am I doing intellectually or spiritually or whatever? Well, that's why I have the self-assessment to go behind that. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I put together this plan. I, I lived in 2019. I did this exercise called my year of personal bests. And I could talk about the results of that if you want here in a minute. But, um, you know, by by focusing on these 10 areas, it really gave me something that I could do. And, you know, not only at the end, not only were my relationships better, not only was my physical, mental uh, self better, but actually, and here's the weird part, my business grew while I was in the middle of all this. And so you know, I really began to get the sense that you can't pour from an empty vessel. You really have to practice self-care. So let me yeah. just pause there and let you jump uh, in. Uh, self-care is critical. And this, what, you, what you've been talking about, is phenomenal, really. Uh, cool eye opener. We'll have to get that book. Repeat the book one more time for everybody. Uh, well, okay. So, so this is uh, the book was written before I did this uh, this exercise, right? right. Uh, but the book is called Crazy Good Advice: Ten Lessons Learned from 150 Leading Social Entrepreneurs. And so that's really, you know, I have a podcast called Social Entrepreneur, yeah. and that book is really about what I learned from. From them, I you know at the end of each podcast, and you probably do something similar, Chase. I, I just ask people for their best piece of advice, and then I've been collecting this. And once I got through my first 150, mm, you know, mm. I'm kind of a I'm kind of a spreadsheet geek, and so <laughs> I, I I put it all in a spreadsheet, yeah, and then I yeah. and then I put a little category for each one, and then I sorted the spreadsheet, and lo and behold, after the first 150, there were really only 10 pieces of advice that had come out of those first 150 uh, uh, interviews. Isn't and that so crazy? that, yeah, that it is, is like, that's insane. That's cool. You did that with the Excel spreadsheet and then realize, holy crap, there's yeah. 10. Yeah, exactly. Wow. All right. So I feel like I've been rattling on what, what else, uh, what else do you want to talk about? Whoa. Um, going back Well, I was going to touch on that because with, with uh, this whole, uh, you know, project and um, how to put it? Well, yeah, basically, was it a daily on a scale yeah. of 1 to 10? Was it weekly? Like, yeah. walk us through that. Right, right. So um, once, I, once I figured out what the actions were that I needed to do to close the gap, I, I scheduled them because, again, you know, the way we spend our time is the way we spend our life. If you want to live a life of meaning, you have to schedule these things in. And so, you know, yes, I continue to do a little bit of work in my business, but then, you know, I ran a lot. So every morning I get up and run. I meditated every morning. I wrote 500 words every day. I, you Mm -hmm. know, um, I tracked everything I ate. Um, You know, I, I used... Like I use Strava to track my fitness, my running, et cetera, with my Garmin watch. Uh, mm-hmm. I used um, my fitness pal to put in whatever I was eating and to balance my diet. I, I switched to a plant-based diet last year. Uh, and my, uh, the, you know, my LDL is down 29%. My triglycerides are down 38%. I lost 16.4 pounds. Uh, last year, I ran 1,790 miles, which is basically, I live in Minneapolis or in the Minneapolis area. So that's basically like running from Minneapolis to Miami in a year. And, uh, and so I, you know, I, uh, I, I just scheduled everything. I put everything in my calendar and just said, that's what this time is for. And so, you know, when I get up in the morning, I use the Headspace app and I turn it on and I do the deep breathing and I listen to the meditation there. And, you know, so, so it just became this thing of tiny habits lined up, repeated again and again and again. And by the end of the year, it really added up to something. 
Yeah. I'm going to say the tortoise beats the hare. <laughs> Consistency wins. Yeah, right? absolutely. Absolutely. You know, we, we think this, you know, people say, oh, I want to lose weight. So I'm going to join the gym and I'm going to work out 30 times a day. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tony, uh, you know, th- this has been a pleasure. It's been wonderful having you. Lastly, you know, everyone, you need to go check out this book. Again, we mentioned it a few times here. Go get it. Crazy good advice. 10 lessons learned from 150 leading social entrepreneurs. Tony Lloyd breaks it down in his book. Where can we find that, Tony, besides Amazon? Where else can we get this book? Yeah, um, if you go to TonyLloyd.com, and here's a tricky bit. My last name is spelled with one L, so it's T-O-N-Y-L-O-Y-D.com. And if people want a free electronic version of it, they can just go to the website. There's a big green button. You can click on it, download the book off of the website. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or if you'd rather have a hard book, you know, you can pick it up on Amazon. It's, uh, I think it's on sale, $14.95 right now, something like that. So That's not bad. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm an old, uh, not old, how to put it. (laughs) <laughs> you you like the old school uh, paper books, right? Yeah, old school yeah. in that sense. Like, yeah. yeah, I like doing it that way instead of digital. My eyes hurt from being on a computer too much, you know? I but, hear you. Uh, last bit, besides the advice from them, yeah, as you're aware, because <laughs> you mentioned already, and, and that's what I do, is best advice you can give our, you know, this audience and when it, when it comes to, uh, you know, the routine and what we've talked about. Yeah. You know, here, here's, here's the thing. And, and really my last year, my year of personal best, if you took it all and you sort of boiled it down to one thing, it'd be this, that we are here on earth to connect. So we're built to connect with one another, with our higher power, with nature, et cetera. We're here to connect. We're here to contribute and what your contribution and my contribution might look like. They'll be different, but before you can connect and before you can contribute, first, you have to practice self-care. And so I call that thriving. And so it's thrive, then connect, then contribute in that order. So that that to me is the key. That That's like the purpose of life right there. That's why I'm here. Thrive, connect, contribute. Fantastic. Thrive, connect, connect, contribute. Uh, guys, get, get on it. Do that self-care. Tony, uh, pleasure. We'll make sure people go to his site, TonyLloyd.com with one L, right? There we go. And do you have social media, LinkedIn, anything else? I have everything. <laughs> if you if you search by that last name, you know, Tony with one L Lloyd, Tony Lloyd, um, you'll find me everywhere. Yeah. Uh, great. Fantastic. Guys, uh, pleasure. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of SOS. Success over struggles. Continue pushing through your challenges towards your path of success. Yeah.